0: Welcome in Podcast for All Mankind. I'm Jason Snell. This is the NASA vending machine. Uh, we're talking about For All Mankind Season 3, Episode 5, 7 Minutes of Terror. And who is better to talk about terror than <laughs> the terrifying Dan Morin? Hi, Dan.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. Hi, Jason. Hi. It's so good to be back talking about the terror of space. The ter- balance? Would you call it a balance of terror, Jason? I might. Mm. I mean, We could. Mm. We that could. might be
0: that might be fun.
1: There's a uh I felt like there was another I thought there was more Star Trek references this week. I'll have to yeah, check my notes. I think I, there is.
0: I also want to point out another fun thing, which is this episode was directed by Andrew Stanton.
1: <laughs> yes, I noticed that too. He's uh, gotten a bit into this because he did some work on uh, Obi Wan Kenobi too.
0: He did. He wrote. He has some story he wrote a of that. and I, written credits for Obi Wan Kenobi and <laughs> directed this episode and I think the next episode. And I think, yeah, I mean, he is uh, for all mankind. He did uh, an episode of Legion. He's done some TV directing before. Forward, but it's like, if you don't know Andrew Stanton. Uh, Pixar is where he came yeah. from. And of course, he also did John Carter, a movie that some people like, uh, but most people <laughs> did not see, I think is the way that I would like to put that. But yes, he 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 directed uh, Wally, e right? and Finding yeah, Nemo Wally. and yeah. A Bug's Life co-directed and Finding Dory. And uh, yeah. So, he did and stranger things, he did a couple episodes of that. So, yeah, but he he directed this episode uh which begins uh Dan, we have a body count.
1: Oh yeah. It's not good. Three three dead. Three, dead.
0: three two dead astronauts and a dead cosmonaut and they are given uh, a, a a burial. Let's talk about maritime law. Dan. <laughs> burial in space. It is it is a burial at in space. They they just uh, wrap up the bodies and pop them out of the hole. <laughs> Bye Goodbye. and off and off they go. Um, the Russian
1: say some things. Danielle says some things.
0: Yeah, I think I think very well done. Um, also, I think in terms of storytelling strategy, uh, speaking to a novelist here, um, mm. I like. I understand because of the relentless pace of the season that they have to do it, but I also like the fact that when we drop back into this episode, everything is stabilized. There's a line of dialogue right. where they're like, Oh, it's sure great because they have to do it, right? Which is that it's sure great that they were able to remote control, uh, stabilize, you know, the Mars ninety-four ship Right. Yeah. Um, because uh, otherwise, it, things would know, be really bad messy. news, uh, and so we're not in the. I guess that's just uh, the, out
1: there. I guess that's just out there. Then there's just yeah. What's well, headed a old toward Russian Mars? It somewhere.
0: may it may just uh, crash into point. Mars or or whip around and go off in another direction. I don't know. But Bye. anyway, it's it's um we don't we don't deal with the immediate aftermath of people getting killed and people you know we we skip forward a little bit to having this service and just enough forward in time that we realize that the U S and the Soviets have to work together. Um, and so we get uh, the head of the new head of Roscosmos, Lenora arrives at Houston because this is going to be how they have to run this sort of joint mission now that they picked up the Soviets. Um, and it is immediately clear that Margot is uh, back on the blackmail train because, uh, uh, the, the, and pretty bluntly, you know, the, Lenora basically says, uh, "You got to give us a bunch of stuff for for our to, for our uh, objectives." And Margot's question is like, "What objectives?" And she's like, "You don't need to know that part." Which yeah, is like, "Whoa, I, I'm not so I'm not sinister." In the
1: discuss this. Yeah, no, I was. I enjoyed the classic uh, cold war blackmail line. I was assured there would be no more requests.
0: I know, right?
1: Circumstances have changed. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, you're ne- they, you're never out. You're, you're never, never out. out. Come on, when they got your ho- their hooks into you, you're in there forever.
0: That's right. They own you. Um, uh, but Margot oh. does have her interesting counter, which is: yes. bring me Sergey. I will work. I'll bring I'll, I'll do what you want, but only if you bring me Sergey. I will I'm, only work with him.
1: Where you've got where ten days Sergei? or whatever. Get out where is sergey jason he was given another assignment <laughs> which is also yeah. not a good thing it, to have yeah, happen it's to so
0: and this is fascinating right because it's gorbachev is in charge but the soviet union didn't fall mm-hmm. in this alternate history and there's a line later where it's like i thought that this was out with gorbachev and they're like not even gorbachev can control the kgb in fact i was waiting for the line where it's like it's like this new guy in charge of uh, the kgb yep. putin he's really bad <laughs> They they just skate around that, but well, yeah. uh, I mean, it's got to be coming at some point, right? Like, yep, it's, yep, it's it's got to be there since since Putin was a KGB agent, like so. Oh yeah. So when we do get Sergey, like, I mean, we might as well just, like stay on Earth for a little bit. When we do get Sergey, he is bald and gaunt and and oh, coughing wow. and was in a KGB prison. In... Uh, and he and he Were apologized they... to Margot and says they you know <laughs> they threatened my family. Um, and i i had to do what they say i lied to you i you know and all i can say is uh, i'm sorry um and it's an interesting tough moment yeah
1: yeah there's fantastic work here uh from the actor um i thought he really sold how bad is like how bad a shape sergey is in they do a really nice job of making him look you know not just physically frail at times but like psychologically really, you know, shattered, basically. He he se- essentially says they tortured him, right? They don't do it outwardly. They don't do it in ways that leave marks, but they, like, they tortured him with, like, his, his lungs, basically. And, man, it is, it is a, a, a yeah, he looks rough. He looks rough. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, and he hangs around the rest of the episode, and it's definitely, like, he's the pet of the head of Roscosmos, and he's really just there,
1: because that his was his former protege too yeah. right which is oh god it's so yeah it's, people, you can't can't fight the, the the party
0: it's brutal and of course they're echoing and i, I know i mentioned this a couple weeks ago but they're echoing what happened to korolev cuz korolev was put in the gulag and then came back and ran the russian space program and this is going in the other direction right where he he ran the space program and then they they put him in the kgb prison but it's a, it's it's echoing that same kind of story of the person who who ran the program to all this success and is now um, basically locked but, away uh, somewhere.
1: I want to add that it, it culminates and I think what is one of my favorite moments of this I mean, we talked a lot about Margot in the last few weeks and this is Margot starting to assert herself a bit more trying to figure out is there you know probet like is there a way that we can like you know get out of this essentially and at the end of the episode, She's talking to Sergey and like under cover of everybody cheering is like, we're going to finish this. I'm getting you and your family out, which I thought was a great moment because it does show that she still does have a moral compass. She knows. And I like I was kind of cheering for her in that moment because of the fact that I was like, she's doing the right thing, right? She's finally turning the corner and realizing, all right, this has gone too far. and And I need to not only get myself out, right, because I'm in danger, but like I actually care enough about this person. Right and Margot, as we've discussed, a person who is not great with other people, right? But clearly has strong enough feelings for Sergey. Even though she is mad at him for doing all this and getting her involved, she still is like, "I'm going to get you out." And I, I really, I felt good about that part. I don't know how you felt with your your previous week's consternation my, over my, Margot.
0: my anti-Margot. Uh, yeah, I,
1: I, appreci-
0: <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, I, I, you can get an anti-Margo agenda out of the NASA vending machine. Um, the uh, I I appreciated this too, although I think also she's kidding herself. Also, don't forget that what's happening here is that the yes. jaws are are you know the, the mm-hmm. jaws are, are clamping down, the, the walls are closing in on her because her protege uh, mm-hmm. Alita yeah. has figured out based on photographic evidence of the of the Soviet Mars rockets that they are using. Uh, the same engine design as the U S engine design, which including the same proportions, and it makes her very suspicious. And then in a scene that we'll, we will get to from the other perspective in a little bit, but in the scene where she's going back and forth with Kelly and the Russian engineer about uh, the, the Nerva engine procedures, uh, he has all the procedures memorized from the, Two years ago's procedure draft, which is a great little talk about the spy craft going on here, right? Mm That this is a spy story. I know you gotta love it—a spy story (laughs) uh, involving uh, this trip to Mars. Um, she's figured out that there was a leak that somebody leaked their procedures for the nuclear engines and she can date it because they've changed right, the it's procedures. The
1: it's the test engines that That's they so were good. making. Yeah. I
0: love that scene where she brings out the binders and she's very, as Margot's coming over, she's flipping like through the pages to get to the part that she wants and be like, look here. It's yeah. I, it's just so good. And I, so, I, and Margot <laughs> knows in that moment because Margot's been putting her off and it's been a little suspicious and Alita's even a little suspicious. I, I, I get Yeah, I think saying now is not the time. The Russians are here and we're trying to go to Mars. Let's deal with this later. Like, it doesn't matter on one level in this moment. We're already on a joint mission. There's nothing more to be learned or gained. But we also know the truth, which is this leads to Margo.
1: Yeah. And I, I enjoyed this a couple. I made a couple notes like when she's first looking at the Russian engine designs. I write she's going to figure out they're the same. But the only person she trusts is Margo. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that later on, I started to wonder. Is Margot? My note to myself reads: Is Margot going to find someone to throw to the wolves? Is there somebody else who is involved enough? And I was like, Oh man, the only person is Alita. I don't think she would do that. though. Uh, I, don't I don't think, think she so. crossed that line. I don't think. So. And I, so I, I don't so, know. I wonder how get, she's going to get out of this.
0: When we get to Margot saying she's going to get Sergey and, and his family out of this, uh, you know, whatever it takes, I, I think that Margot has a plan that probably involves turning herself in Hmm. um maybe to ellen at Mm, first to mm, throw mm. herself on on the mercy of ellen especially flush with the success of a mars mission perhaps a mars landing yeah um and maybe she'll try to spin it and say look we did an information exchange they got information we got information he went to prison for it um that's that's my theory but I would also say I think we've already seen with her interaction with Ellen about privatizing Deb's company that Margot's theories don't always work with reality and how the world works and I think that in the end that that's my guess right now is that Margot realizes realizes that she's going to have to come clean and is hoping to do it in a way that that um that gets her, you know, Sergey basically, or gets Sergey and his family safe. I don't know. Right. I'm not sure it makes a lot of sense. We'll see where it goes from there. But I, I, so I'm, I'm kind of balanced on that where I think Margot's got a plan. It probably does involve sacrificing herself to a certain extent. It may not come off like she's expected, but she knows how smart Alita is. Like, it can't that that can't Clock, be denied. Getting, on that. the yeah. smoking gun has come out now about this, and there's a limited number of people you're right. there may be a witch hunt inside NASA about it, but it's hard to imagine that it's gonna get pinned on anybody but but margot in the end
1: uh i I also loved her uh she has an Ian Fleming quote uh as she's looking at the Russian engines. Which is the once as happenstance to twice as uh, coincidence, three times as enemy action. Yeah, uh, which I enjoyed Mm. uh, quite a bit, and also points out this is a great little like back uh, sort of like padding. She points out this is why it was easy for Sojourner to refuel from the Mars ninety four. Right, was because they have the same engine. It's the same design, (laughs) which I thought was a great point. Like answering a question you probably didn't even know you had immediately about like, can we? Can we refuel from the ship? And again, a great planting bit. You know, we talk about this last week. We talked about how good this show is at dropping things in. But last, you know, the reason that we had our astronaut outside last week to get crushed was because she was filming to see if they could connect the fuel tanks. Right. And that film is what leads Alita to figure out that these are the same engines. So right. great bit of plotting there.
0: Yeah, definitely. This show is a show that uh, feels very much uh every little bit of it has been planned to the letter in advance, all it's a little machine that works together. And we saw this last season, right, where the whole thing was constructed to get us to that last moment in that last episode, and and it, it, with style, right? It doesn't always come off. Sometimes when you plot it like that, it, it can it can sag. But this show is so good, I think, because they do such a good job of connecting all the parts and having it all kind of work, and also doing a pretty good job, like I said, about hiding some of the mm. things that they plant and saving it for. Saving it for later, and and you never know. Some of the stuff just goes past, and some of the stuff is definitely planted for the future. But it's really well done. Um, okay, in space, <laughs> space. Uh, there's there is one uh, other scene that we'll get to that that's back on Earth, but uh, we'll get there. Um, it, in, in space, so so the crew of Phoenix is hacking their computers. Uh, the guy who got yelled at for doing um, movie quotes last week is a mm-hmm. computer nerd. It turns out, nerd. what yep. a surprise! Got to bring one. Uh, he I- explains in a in a great scene he explains <laughs> to Ed how he did it and Ed does not care I love it because that is just that is our life right as computer yeah. nerds is oh I found it's this such really a, clever solution so let clever. me tell you about it's it it's so <laughs> <laughs> clever I I feed these errors in and it goes into safe mode and once it's in safe mode I can roll back to a previous software update before they stuck in their back door that locked us out with a software update and now we can run that software and now I've turned off the their, their and Ed's like uh, quiet <laughs> do we have it okay great um and so so they have taken that over and and he sends a message ed sends a message to dev basically saying you've dishonored us i'm taking over um bye and uh that is that it's a great another great moment and it leads to karen back on earth uh typing up her uh her letter of of uh, resignation and handing it yeah. to Dev, yeah. and Dev is like, "It wasn't me. It was, it was the group's the decision yeah. again." Yeah. And, she, and Karen calls and him on she it. Calls and is him like, on "Oh it. yeah,
1: because you you let him right into that." I have to your say,
0: followers agree with you. What a surprise! Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Karen, uh, a character who I think they struggled with in season two. Yeah. Uh, Boy, I she's come out of the gate strong in season three, and I'm really enjoying where she is going. That scene is great where she's like, he's like, I'm not going to let you resign. And she's like, what are you going to do? And walks out and she's like, sue me contract sue me, you know, and she's just out, which is a great exit. Um, I really appreciated that uh, her bit,
0: yeah, and then um, and then um just to follow on with Karen because just I know we I said we were going into space, but we do need to follow Karen just to say we get to see Wayne, Molly's Wayne husband is back he's Yay. he's making edibles <laughs> super high, and uh, uh, she's got a nice house.
1: Uh, yeah, Molly is
0: painting she, now. It's funny Molly's because painting, obviously, yeah. in terms of actor contracts or what or availability. Molly's not in this scene, which I feel kind of bad about because yeah. I, I like, I mean, just there's a the logic of it of like, I, it's assumed that Molly's like inside painting or something, but we don't see her. And I, I know why in terms of the cost of actors and things, Sonia Walter probably like to wave at Karen is not going to like, they're going to have to pay her for that. And so they don't do it. But I, th- I thought that was a little unfortunate, but I do love the relationship between Karen and Wayne and th- that he drops stuff about, and since she left NASA, Molly's just gotten, you know, painting, painting, and, uh, and Karen gets real high. He does the thing where it's like, in 20 minutes you're going to be flying, and later she's like, oh, the reflection of the water in the pool. He's like, yeah, okay. You, the goo balls have taken hold.
1: But, <laughs> but she gives, she gives he gives her some really good advice about sort of trying to figure out what she likes yeah. and what she wants to do. And, and she talks about how excited she is about negotiating, which is great, because that is a, a thing that that character has proved mm-hmm. to actually really be great at. And
0: I know I talked about this last time, about how the through line of For All Mankind in in some ways is about the Stevens family and uh, the uh, Ed and Karen's. What? Baldwin's. Baldwin's. That's it. Boy, all these fictional astronauts. Okay, Ed and Karen. The Ed and Karen and Kelly family, the Baldwin's. So they're the through line of the show in many ways. Um, And we get a really nice moment here where Karen basically says, she goes back over the past and it's like you know when i think about like when when uh, tracy was an astronaut candidate and you know the whole from season 1 of like where are these women going to go and come out from the the shadows of their astronaut husbands and tracy had her path and karen took a different path and then, and she says it took losing shane for me to change my life and to kind of take hold of my life. And on one level, she's just recapping what happened in season one, but I really liked it because I thought that it was a good, um, exploration of sort of like what, Karen's path has been and what is in Karen's head and also just the themes of the show. So I know it's a little, it was a little on the nose. And yet I think in that scene where she's being vulnerable and she's confused and she's getting high and she's talking to her, her, like her guy who she can talk to about stuff that she can't talk to anyone else about, Wayne. Uh, I thought it was a nice moment, and I will. Yeah. I would watch the Karen and Wayne get high show.
1: Yes, sure. Yeah, I would. I watch mean, it's, that. it it dovetails nicely with a scene with Ed that we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, yes, but I, uh, and because the the sort of the Shane connection is definitely in there. It's sort of the first time I think that we've really had that resurface. Mm-hmm. We also learn. I think this is kind of key that uh, Wayne knows about her affair with Danny. Ah, because he mentions like they're talking about movies see uh and and she says you don't say the graduate basically yeah <laughs> which
0: <laughs> well he, she can tell yeah. him anything right like he he is right, her exactly. confessor and her yep. therapist essentially yep, exactly
1: yeah i know he 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 does a great job here of helping her sort of come to these real realizations about herself uh <laughs> my favorite my favorite line from her in this one which i will uh bleep slightly is i effing hate space yeah <laughs> uh <laughs> Which yeah. made me laugh a lot because like, yeah, uh, last time you were up there, you almost died. I can imagine that you don't like it. That's not for you. <laughs> yeah, it's not, um, not,
0: not a good place. Also, I want to say the, the way that they uh, they dress and uh, style Wayne is great because remember, he was sort of a uh, hippie type in the seventies, right? Right. When right. Molly was the t- Molly's the test pilot, and then you meet Wayne, and you're like, "Whoa!" What? Like, <laughs> like again, woman, woman test pilot, and they're like, "Well, that's interesting." And all of these other women that we know are are the wives of astronauts, and we meet Molly's husband, and he's just this hippie stoner hippie dude, and it's hilarious, and and they have a great relationship, and it's one of my favorite things in this whole show is is Molly and Wayne and Karen and 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 all of those interactions that they all have, but. Here he is styled as that guy in the '90s, right? And so he's not—he's not gone for the total like aging hippie thing. I get the sense it's just implied, but I was thinking about it that Molly had a respectable job and stuff, and right. and he got, he got older, and so he became a little more like he he left the like super hippie trappings behind. Mm -hmm. a little bit i just i thought it was an interesting choice that they how do we dress this guy and what does he look like in the 90s and i think he looks like a guy who was a hippie and it's now the 90s and so he's not
1: anymore (laughs) that makes any sense right and although you know that past is still there right yeah
0: exactly well i mean i know uh, look um born in 1970 i had a lot of friends parents who were hippies and you could see the progression. It's like there are the hippies who stayed hippies, and they're eternal hippies. They're the hippies who got corporate in the 80s, and they became corporate 80s-type people because they were going to make a career for themselves. And I think in the 90s, what you ended up with was that a little more relaxed time than the 80s. And mm-hmm, and you ended mm-hmm. up with the sort of like, you know, a little frizzy hair and a little b- and flannel, but like flannel, a yep, little more sometimes. comfy but um, but not going back to you know they were not the eternal hippies. There were also those people, and and Wayne is not that. I think he he uh, he's moved on a little bit. I don't know, it's a little thing, but I'm sure that somebody had a conversation about like what does Wayne look like in the '90s, and I think they yeah. did a good job of saying time has moved on and he has moved on. He's a reasonable guy. He's not a space case. He is a former hippie, and he's still he's making his own marijuana edibles. Uh, but uh, he's also you know not. He's Wayne. He's he's he, his 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 wife ran the astronaut office in Houston for a while. He has to be kind of respectable,
1: right? Exactly. And uh, we also get Karen uh is sending <laughs> superstone messages to Ed too, uh, which, yeah, which we'll important. see the other side
0: of that. But it's well, like we'll see the other it's, side of that. Uh, fun. It's funny. It's delightful. It's like yeah. Karen. Yes, for all of I think. And again, I part of it is she was making bad decisions, but part of it it was just like I, I felt like. Karen was too smart for that, and I have frustrations about how Karen went in season two.
1: I'll, I'll put it. Yes, yeah, I agree. Right, I agree. There right? was some stuff that felt very ginned up to create drama. To create drama, and but that drama the, is still playing
0: out. Yes, but <laughs> so. to their credit, to their credit, the other side of that is I think season three has done a good job of yes. showing Karen as a three dimensional person who is dealing with. The fallout from everything that's happened in the two previous seasons, even the stuff that we didn't like and we thought was maybe like didn't seem like her behavior was rational at the time. And you could you could argue that that was the point was that she was not behaving rationally. But whatever it is in season three, I think you see how how brilliant and talented and damaged she is, which makes sense because she's lived through a lot.
1: Yeah, I agree. They've done a, a very nice job of sort of recalibrating her yeah. in this season, I and I want to see her I'm, now instead of dreading yes, her scenes. Exactly, I want to see what I. Oh, yeah. Well, do you want to talk? We want to switch gears and talk about someone whose scenes we dread. Oh, uh, oh, Danny,
0: Danny, 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 Danny. Danny, Danny. Danny. Well, let, let me walk through what happens up in up in space. Maybe we'll just uh, kind of go back to space again. Um, uh, on on, all right. So we'll start with back on sojourner they're transferring
1: fuel for the russians ship um, i have a sub i have a subsection of okay, this if you will good. Which is is, it a, does it involve uh, a maritime co- law <laughs> it involves uh it's a second second spin-off which is the cosmonaut dating show oh uh, yeah oh <laughs> with, <laughs> with the flirty yeah. cosmonaut
0: <laughs> yeah so kelly uh kelly is uh like hey um uh, there's this cosmonaut and is like oh, i'm the guy who called you uh it's like ooh uh there's a connection that is I knew made you could be trusted I knew you could be trusted yeah so and he helps
1: her take off her, her unzip her suit yes. when she's coming back or, in yeah exactly
0: yeah. right and there's like a little moment of like mm, something is love in the yeah, air something. yes love is in the air just stay tuned <laughs> and the uh, air is overpressurized so you got to worry about that's right <laughs> that. that. <laughs> and there's a dust storm uh on uh, on Sojourner Danielle gets a pep talk from her son, which is Phoenix. nice because last Phoenix. time we saw him, he or was. Sojourner, kinda, you're right, or, yep. Yeah, sorry, I got confused. Danny, Danny, and Danielle uh, on Sojourner Danielle gets a pep talk from her son, who we last saw yep. uh, getting high with uh, with uh, the other kid, the other. Yes, uh, the Jimmy, other Jimmy, Jimmy. The non-creepy, but, but, well, problematic, different, <laughs> differently creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So anyway, it was. It's a nice. It's a nice kind of like just emotional uh, moment for her. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, so now they gotta leave Mars ninety four behind, um, but they the they do a burn, but their thruster has issues, and they lost their engineer. But the Soviets are the best trained for this. And so they're going to have, you know, kid engineer who, who radioed into Kelly do it. And Kelly's the best to be paired with him because her Russian is, is good. And it's like, oh, now they have to work together. They, oh. He even
1: arranged it. He's like, no, no, no. Her Russian is better than that other guy.
0: Yeah. Don't, you know, don't, a, don't hook me with that, that guy. I want to, I want to hang out with her. It's a great moment. I mean, and we have seen her speak in Russian before, so yep, yep. Um, so that's that's kind of fun. Uh, one of Karen's video emails comes in here, and Danny watches it creepily and goes to our computer nerd friend and says, basically, like, "Hey, is there a backdoor password?" He says, "Well, there is now." And what is it? Oh, it's this. And he's like, "Okay, it's thanks, r- bye." Rainbow, yeah, <laughs> You're
1: bad OPSEC, people. I also wanted yeah. to note this is my <laughs> backdoor password. Uh, uh, Ed. Ed is watching a message from Karen in the mess hall on his laptop and i did have to note it was an hp laptop interesting uh, and i was like oh apple let them use an hp laptop and they're not even bad guys really or are they i don't know <laughs> well it's Deb bought it right so it's that's the right there you go uh, there you go it's, it's not a it's not a power book uh so. yeah they should that should be like a uh, wall
0: street or something get the wall street in
1: yeah there. come on come on oh you're you're a hip happening silicon valley startup yeah you're buying you're buying off the shelf hp's come on
0: yeah um Oh, by the way, Kelly and the Russian guy
1: have a cute talk that just ratchets up the uh, tension between them even more. <laughs> the, the cosmonaut likes N.W.A., which I enjoyed. Yes. Uh, Quo- <laughs> quoting
0: N.W.A. in
1: Russian accent is hilarious. That's how he learned his English. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then suggests that she should go to Vietnam and see how things are like in a, in a really great, in a Marxist society where yep. there are no poor people. Uh, she points out because they're all dead. Uh, and when he's like, "Where you know, you you gotta stop getting your facts from like propaganda." It's like, no, I get it from history books. That was my cosmonauts are bad at flirting. Yeah, note. Yeah, well, it's the culture. Tell them about Marxist societies and see how they like respond Yeah, 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 no, it's
0: not a, it's not in the right, it's not in the manual what he's doing there. Uh, but it is the clash of cultures, right? Should should have copied that NASA manual and and using the Vietnamese thing. The fact that she was her that you know she was an orphan from the Vietnam War, which is a Cold War. You know. Uh, sponsored proxy war. war proxy war and so she's the fallout of the Cold War and then he's like ah oh, but your relatives back in Vietnam and she's like well they're all dead but uh, yeah thanks for the communism yay uh, it's all <laughs> like you got to have that you got to have the clash of the clash of the cultures in the meat cute I think that's part mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. the little little uh, thing that they're brewing up here um, Phoenix gets to Mars first hooray it's Mars but. Oh, boo, there's a dust storm. And so all we can do is wait it out, which means that somebody else is going to catch up. Uh, and so that leads to uh, a few things. Danny is sad that they aren't going to land on Mars right away. And so he sends a sad vi- video to his brother, uh, probably be used in propaganda awesome. later.
1: It talks about Ed and how annoyed he is with Ed and how he wants to. I, this is my other uh, uh, foreshadowing note. Uh, non-zero chance Danny tries to kill Ed and make it look like an accident. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yep. Yep.
1: I need to feel like we're going that direction. I, I
0: do kind of feel that way. I it's I did not. I mean, this is the show that had various kind of like murder type things happen on the moon. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it wouldn't, I wouldn't, Mars, is, them. Mars is no different. Please. And the lawlessness <laughs> of it. I mean, throughout this episode,
1: the tension between oh, the ma- Soviet maritime law, Jason, please.
0: Yes. Uh, the, the, throughout this episode, the tension between the Soviet, uh, cosmonauts and the American astronauts in Sojourner is like, it, le- it leads to Danielle yelling at, at the guy, right. Mm-hmm, Who is like, we got to mm-hmm. land. And she's like, shut up, uh, turn off his microphone. If, if he keeps doing it. But I, I, and, and the last scene, which we'll get to, the final scene is like this too, but it's like basically like there are no rules and they're kind of adversaries who are sharing a ship. And honestly, it's one of those things where I know it's the American ship, but like if the if the cosmonauts could knock them all out and take control of the ship. Oh, they would. They would do it, right? Like, yeah. and, and who's going to stop them? Like, if it, there's no one to call. It's you or the cosmonauts. And you can either work together, or you can be at each other's throats, and so it, it's an interesting dynamic to watch for for um, as long as this storyline continues this season. I, I, things are moving really fast. Um, anyway, the dust storm on uh, on Sojourner the the reaction to the dust storm is so positive because it means they're going to catch up, and that means it's time for kissing. And so finally, <laughs> Kelly and her Russian boyfriend now I guess are uh, they they she. He, they're they're super flirting, and in that moment of kind of buoyancy about not being beaten to Mars, she basically pushes him back out of the view of the crew and 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 kisses him and uh, and uh, there we go. That's a, a in th- four scenes w- we've got an arc for that those
1: characters. Yeah, that won't cause any problems probably. That will not yeah. cause any conflict. I'm sure everything or, will just be very smooth,
0: or it'll be the solution. I mean, I, I keep right. thinking that Danielle's in charge of this mission that has uh, Russians and Americans on it now, and I, I mean it's bigger than that. But it's like people from the West and people from the Soviets are are on this mission, and uh, what I keep thinking is, in the end, is that where we're going again, which is we're stronger together right i think i think that's the theme of the show i think we've saw we saw that at the end of season two and and it's going to be danielle who was on that mission it's going to be the defector it's going to be this kid who is who is uh kissing kelly like there's going to be a lot of that kind of we need to work together eventually perhaps and there's
1: challenges right because like presumably you know they're gonna you gotta wonder about all this stuff right like they okay well we brought over the cosmonauts we didn't necessarily plan to have extra right. mouths to more, feed more or people, people to house or all this stuff right so they, there's going to have to be some give and take there um you know they're going to be sharing quarters potentially unless unless mars 94 is basically like oh it just you know drove itself into orbit and now we can just think so. go up and get... i don't think i think, think so. they're going
0: to they're going to you know build a build a habitat of some sort on mars and cuz remember they got to stay there the transfer right. window is exactly. every 2 years so you go to mars you're staying for a couple of years and they got, They have to build a hab, and the the stuff that they've got is not for this many people. They added people,
1: exactly. so well, you can send them up to maybe you can send them up to Helios. Well, or that's to Phoenix. And- I do think that
0: there's a, a, an interesting structure here where where one of the ships lands on the planet, and the other one sends a ship down to the planet, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they've they and people are like probably wondering about like fuel and stuff. One of the premises in this show and in general for Mars exploration is you can actually use chemistry. Once you get down on Mars and they said they sent supplies ahead, right? One of the, th- right. the ways that we may get to Mars in reality is you send a mission there and it uses Mars's atmosphere and you can make rocket fuel out of it. So you can synthesize the rocket fuel on the surface. So there's a way to refuel the, that uh, little shuttle that goes uh, Popeye <laughs> who goes up and down between Phoenix and the surface um, the, it is meant to be I, reusable and that's I, that's interesting, whereas uh, Sojourner, I guess, has to take off.
1: Yeah, it's because it's got like VTOL engines, basically. Yeah. Uh, I, I was I, I do wonder, part of me now does wonder, because we've seen how good they are at leading those breadcrumbs, whether the fact that Mars 94 is out there and still heading towards Mars will end up with like, well, that thing's got fuel on it, right? Oh, yeah. think we didn't take all the That's fuel got off supplies. that thing. Can yeah, we, can so we maybe, go grab it? And, can we go get stuff and refuel in space yeah. or whatever? We'll see. I think we'll, that might we'll be see. interesting.
0: Um, creepy Danny... Uh, is is now just using his backdoor password to watch all nice interface for whose email would you like to spy on uh (laughs) it's very conveniently laid out he watches all of the video mail so so he watches uh the high uh uh, v-mail that karen sends to ed um and ed knocks and he's like oh did he find out he's like no that game of cards that i wanted to play all this time and they have an extremely awkward conversation
1: Oh boy! I uh, this whole scene is <sighs> real, real awkward. Uh, my note on this one says Danny's treading dangerous ground. Yeah, uh, because he starts, you know, asking, "Why did you guys break up? Oh, she slept with someone else. Do you know who it is? No, say you found." And I thought this was actually the nicest moment in the whole thing. Is Danny saying, "Say you found out who it was. You think you could ever forgive them?" And Ed's like, Hmm. No, I just beat him to a paste. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because Ed, Ed says, using his wise, fatherly voice, forgiveness is a long, hard road, Danny, but at the end yeah. is grace. Because he's talking about forgiving Karen. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, and it's, I I like this scene from Ed's perspective. He's like, you're a kid. I used to think that way when I was your age, right? It's like, he's got a bigger perspective, his relationship with Karen and they're not together. And he's, he married that other lady and is getting a divorce, but like, but they are, they are parents. They have a shared history. They are friends essentially, even though they're divorced and who knows, maybe they, they get back together sometime or not. But the point is, it is all much more complicated when you're older than when you're young and and so ed saying all of that i think is really good from danny's perspective again not a fan of danny danny's super creepy Mm -hmm. but i will say here i think there's some interesting tone in this conversation where at first i think danny is kind of gloating yeah that he is the guy who cuckolded ed right yep I won. I'm the one who broke up your marriage. I'm the one who had sex with your wife. Ha ha. And then he dispenses this fatherly advice, and Danny's like, oh, maybe would you forgive me? And and
1: and it's like, I will kill that person. And he's like, <laughs> it's nope. like oh no, nope. Yep. Yeah, they're trying a little bit to walk a knife's edge with him. And I think point out that he is young and he is. I mean, traumatized, I guess you could argue, from from his parents' death. Um, all of this has sort of made him very troubled. And he clearly needs therapy, if nothing else. Uh, but he is in a position where I think he doesn't... They talk a lot about the... Uh, the, the Ed mentions the flip sides, right? Like, oh, in another world, this could have been me here with your dad. And like we could have been going on this trip together. Or I think maybe it could have been you and Shane right like and i think that's an interesting right cuz it's the it's the it is the fatherly moment where he is trying to like he views hey you lost your dad i lost my son and you know maybe there's a connection to be made here that we can sort of fill these voids in each other's lives but it's it's far more complicated than that there's like an edible aspect to it and everything and i think that's very much what's going on here is like danny does flirt with this idea of like maybe he almost gets his like breakthrough where he's like, oh, am I doing this all just to like, you know, push back at my dead dad or whatever, and almost yep. gets there, and then Ed being Ed, who I think is one of the things I love about the character of Ed is that Ed is a very complex character. You can at times boil him down into like, he's a test pilot who just likes to push the envelope and always wants to do the kind of the reckless <laughs> thing. But as we see in this episode, he has a couple different sides, right? Like he has matured, he has gotten older, and he does take a more serious view of some things in his life. Like we saw when he was very accepting of Kelly joining Sojourner instead of coming with him. Yeah, but he also was a dick to Danny about or to Danielle about uh, why she got the commander job. Right. So like, I enjoy that. He is a character who is definitely flawed, like highly flawed, but is still not a person that you exactly hate because he does have, you know, some good qualities going for him.
0: Yeah, for sure for sure. It's, um, I, I mean, there's going to be more with Danny and I guess we're going to have a lot of time to think about what's going on with this character. He's this year's Karen. He really is. And again, you can argue (laughs) like you don't have to like what he's doing, but it's being done for a reason, or you could say it's a bad reason. And that's just going to be a debate that we can have about it. I will say, I think for me, I feel like maybe there was a way to make Danny struggle without him being such a super creep like yeah. i
1: i it's laid on a bit thick
0: i i think there was a, perhaps a more subtle approach where danny is like super awkward around karen and and uh you know without him parked across the road watching her where he is curious with ed like in this scene without him watching all of the video mails right like i feel like there's maybe a way to say this kid is messed up for a few reasons his parents being dead is one of the reasons his his childhood friend dying is one of the reasons his bad decision or the decision made by a, a much older woman to sleep with him instead of turning him down and leading him to be kind of like psychologically messed up from that, right? Like, like because she's the, she's you know she could have been more responsible. She's the older person in that relationship, and she she chose not to. A lot of reasons for him to be screwed up. But I don't feel a lot of complexity from Danny. That's the problem. No, I don't think I they've earned it. Yeah. And I wish they had, because I think there's more... I think it would be more tragic if he did terrible things because he was confused and messed up. And instead, it feels more like they're just setting up reasons for why he does, t- in the future episodes, uh, presumably, we haven't seen them, terrible things, because he's just such... It's too far for me. Danny's yeah, just gone I agree. too far.
1: It, it is... It is I agree with you this season's Karen is a good way of putting it like it just feels like they they really punch the same note a bunch of times yeah. and there's not enough complexity in there. I think you're you're totally right. There's a lot of great stuff they could have done with his complexities of all those things that have really derailed his life and instead we just get him being so creepy and, right like even and, the bits with like his wife and he, he has a wife and a kid and I, I liked there was a moment this week where he tells jimmy to like sneak his his kid a piece of chocolate right? you know when the mom's not looking or something and it's right like, oh, god you almost like, have you and, almost have and moments
0: honestly the scene where he picks up the girl at the bar and takes her to the pool that's like a guy having a having a crisis, right? Like yes, he's doing sure. he's, act, he's doing things that we understand and are bad, and we understand he's fundamentally unhappy, and he's doing what society thinks he should be doing, but he doesn't have those feelings. Like all of that is all good too. I just think it's that ripping rip a page from the creepy stalker playbook, where it's like yeah. we'll show yeah. him in the car outside her house. Yeah. We'll we'll watch he he obsessively watches her videos. And It's like hmm, you didn't have to go. I feel like you didn't have to go that far. That said. That said, in reality, an astronaut put on diapers and drove from Houston to Florida in order to confront somebody because of a crazy relationship drama, right? Mm, So, like, you can be a really together astronaut and also super messed up in terms of the way you have relationships and obsessions with other people. Uh, Apologies if I got some part of that story wrong. I believe that's the story, is an astronaut put on a diaper and drove somewhere because of a relationship problem. Uh, I'm saying people can be messed up. I just... As drama, I wish it was more nuanced than they've yes. made Danny, where he feels a little cliched in his stalkeriness. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. It
1: is it is a bit much in a show that is otherwise heightened, but not lopsided, yeah. I think, in the way it does. Yeah. And again,
0: my, my fear is that because they have they want Danny to make some particularly extreme behavioral decisions later on in this season, which again, we don't know. We watch these in advance of you, but we 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 have not seen any episodes beyond this one, so I'm not spoiling anything. Just I got an inkling that they yeah. that they are expecting Danny to make some bad decisions that they feel they needed to set up with extreme behavior yes. earlier on. Yep, and and I think so that was that true. Like, with, not
1: not like where did that come from?
0: And yeah. true with Karen last season too. I think that's the downside of planning out a whole season is occasionally you'll get the end result you need by making characters do things that are perhaps a little outlandish to get them where they need to go and yeah. i i just i wish that the, this this portrayal of Danny was a little less uh extreme with his yep. conflict not that it's not, not that it's not good to have a messed up person in this role it's just it's uh, a little bit much sometimes yep. like when he's watching the videos like come on <laughs> yeah man. um okay sojourner reaches Mars too hooray cuz the dust storm that means they got a chance now um, there's a line of dialogue that explains the title of this episode. Mars Entering Mars' atmosphere is much more dangerous than the moon. We call it Seven Minutes of Terror. That's
1: a real thing. Yeah, I remember uh, that from when they landed the last rover.
0: Yeah, all, they, they have the seven minutes of terror when they re The reason, for those who care, is that Mars has an atmosphere, contact. so you do have to re-enter and it does build up heat, but it's a thinner atmosphere. And so there is a real delicate balance of re-entering and still slowing down to land. Uh, it's It's... It's hard to do. And you don't.
1: You don't know, too, right? Like, because you're seven minutes of or eight minutes of radio away,
0: right? Exactly. For, for in the in the in the uh, if you're on Earth, you don't know until it's already over. The radio signals yeah. are coming back. There's nothing you can do at all. It's automated. Here, there are people who can fly down. Um, so. I will say again what I said last week, which is everybody's fighting to be the first ones to touch the ground, like they're playing a game of of uh, of tag or something, uh, or, or you know, touch the base first. I don't even know. Like in the history books, if you both go down within a day or two of each other and land on the surface of Mars, the history books are going to say two spaceships landed on
1: Mars. I don't, I well, don't know. There's also a weird thing where there's like money at stake. Like yes, there's, a there's prize. this prize that, that and, people get. And, and, although yep. it's kind of ridiculous because like Dev is already a billionaire so he doesn't need the money. And as who's who pointed out Danny Danielle or someone La- like, last week well, was like NASA will just take the money and we're not going to get it. any money, no, we're not we're not government employees. Any money yeah exactly
0: so yeah. that's kind of moot really yeah, so I, I think that I think it's a little bit silly like we're risking our lives to be the first ones down but then I get it like you like Neil Armstrong or Christopher yeah. Columbus or something like that like it is the or, or Magellan right it's this it's this like my name could go down in history so I want to do it uh So, you know, the dust storm is there and there's this whole thing of like, is it safe or not? And Ed decides he's going to go down because the dust storm is clearing. And Danielle says, you know, the visibility is too low. The Russian complains. And we get the the countdown of like, well, you've got to decide in the next few minutes, are we going into orbit or are we going direct to surface? And she decides they're going to go direct to surface because even though there's a dust storm, it seems to be abating a little bit. And they both had the same idea, which is we're going to do it. Now, Ed gets the master alarm. Um, loses and,
1: GPS, loses... Yeah, which is, uh, by,
0: by the way, I mean, I in this, it's implied strongly that there are a bunch of satellites around Mars that are yes. supporting this and probably that support mission that came before did that. And so they've got some positioning and all that. But the fact is, when we send probes to Mars, they just are using... Um, imagery which they can't see here because of the dust storm and and you have radar you have like ground radar where you ping down to see where you are and they're like we, we don't we, we don't know how high up we are is a moment yeah, where a, I rolled my the, eyes a little altimeter. bit because that they they like literally that like in the moon landings they had this too they, there's a there's a radar that tells you how high up you bounce off the surface there's yeah. a big rock down right. there doesn't matter about the dust there's a big rock yeah. down there and you can see that and you can do it but regardless It's one of those things where Ed is fighting, and we get the flashback to him and Gordo from season
1: one. That's like the first. Episode. It's early.
0: Yeah, because it's before. It's it's, it's actually when they the, don't ma-
1: It's when they don't land.
0: They don't yeah. land, which is a true story that Apollo Ten. You know, they they tested out the limb and all of that, and then they and they had that moment of like, well, we could just go down, <laughs> and they're like, no, no, that's not what we're here for, and they go back up, and so it haunts him because then the Russians got to the the moon before the Americans did, and Ed wants to be the the first man on Mars, and he, he's they they've come so close, and Danny is is yelling at him, and in the end, Ed th- thinks. Um, we're going to die. I'm going to abort. This is dumb. Danny's very mad. They're both very sad. Um, and meanwhile, Sojourner lands and they, those people are the first people on Mars. And they say you know, this crew of eight people or whatever are the first people on Mars. Uh, but somebody wants to be first out and talking about like, just the Russians will do what they want. Um, a Russian is like, I'm going out there. And Danielle uh, runs after him, and so instead of the majestic Neil Armstrong first foot on the moon, um, he's walking down there. She's running behind him and pushes him back, and then they both and 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 the TV announcers and they really they're going out together, really well, yeah. well orchestrated moment where the TV announcers are like, "Oh, they're gonna step foot together," and the oh nope, they're wrestling.
1: Yep, yep. I mean, it's so a, a, a <laughs> counterpoint to scenes earlier. First of all, it is a hilarious scene. It made me laugh out loud. Oh my god! Uh the, the you know all the Soviets are at NASA. Uh, we have the scene where they do the um, uh, the eulogy, right? Will, uh, Ellen gives a eulogy for all the people killed during the the accident, and then we have right. a scene later where she's uh, it's her and Gorbachev. Giving a right a press
0: conference, used from a from a Reagan, you know, from yes. a Reagan-Gorbachev news conference, and they've spliced it in, so it's Ellen and Gorbachev about and talking the, like, about and they, unity Gorbachev's at the White House, things. and we're going to talk about this because we're on this. It's it's this right. They're enemies, but now they are forced into a joint mission together, yes. which is the echo of that Apollo Soyuz
1: from last season. Right, right, exactly. So we're our former rivals, you know, as they sort of say. Uh, my favorite other bit in this scene is <laughs> they uh, when they're at Mission Control and celebrating. Uh, somebody gives the like the KGB agents little uh, the flags. Soviet flags to wave. The flags.
0: So the little flags that are waving is a true American mission control tradition. They do that, and so I love the little tidbit that somebody has little Soviet flags that they're gonna wave because it's like it's yay.
1: See the, the two KGB operatives who look super awkward. I know if they're
0: standing there, like Ugh. they're looking. They're looking at each other, like yay. It's a it's a flag, but no, I like that, and and so the end is is so silly and yet also. I think says something about the competition. Like in that moment, what do you do is like, well, I'm not letting you go out there. And Danielle's like, I'm going to go out there. And then they, they, they kind of, the and they could have made it again, themes, themes. They could have made it to step together. And instead they kind of fight each other. And, yep. and they, they're going to need to work together, folks. Yep. But in this moment, they kind of flop and they kind of ruin the moment. So now it's going to be remembered, but not for what either of them wanted to be remembered for. They're the first yep. people to fall and flop around on Mars. Um, fair enough. But it's a good moment also because it does undercut, like, it, brilliantly, I would say, the applause and the waving of the flags and, like, everybody, like, this is a moment for humanity. And we know this is the end of episode five. It's literally halfway through this season. This is not the end of For All Mankind story. So, while the world of this, of For All Mankind and the, the people on it, this is, like, the crescendo for them of it. It's like, we did it. We got our people on Mars. The show has other goals, right? Right. And so for them, it's the like we get that applause moment in mission control, and then immediately it gets undercut by what happens on the surface. And I think that's a great, I think it's a good move. At the time, I was like, I cannot believe they did that. But I really appreciate that they made that move.
1: Yeah, and I I also liked it as a counterpoint to last week's Extremely Dark (laughs) Ending. Yeah, was, yeah. We gone from we gone from a show which was like space is terrifying, but Mars is hilarious. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's right. If you can survive getting crushed by spaceships, you too can wrestle with
0: a Russian tump, cosmonaut tump down on a on ramp the, onto on Mars. The surface of Mars. Yeah. And all
1: they needed, to, all they need to do, Jason, was haul out the vending machine at the end there. I, right. And that Set would, it, it up. Would have been complete.
0: The the, the the surely there'll be a vending machine in the space hab they're going to build, right? Like or the Mars hab they're
1: going to build. It's got to be. And we'll have a discussion about capitalism for god oh in, in Russia the, the candy would be free. <laughs> in rushing in Russia machine vends you. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. So it is I I know I talked uh, I think last time about the uh, the pace of this season and I just want to point out that we have the three episodes that are let's uh, let's plan to go to Mars and there's the two episodes that are let's let's be going to Mars yep. and we have five episodes left and they're already on Mars so we're gonna get presumably let's try to live on Mars or survive on Mars and then I assume let's go home let's go home but like this the show is, is show is not terrible this show is not afraid of those time jumps and so i'm not sure if next time i assume next time they're gonna have to figure out like we're gonna we're gonna set up where we're gonna stay and then there will presumably be um some various you know disasters and dramas and things that happen Uh, but i love that they've given themselves all this time and i think that that is the show saying no every 10 episodes is going to be this story of a decade and so the whole mars story has to fit in 10 episodes and that means snappy plot just keepin going and i love it i love it the that, yep. that, that, you know we're episode 5 and like we're there cuz as i said before there was a show where the whole thing about being the first the first i think that was the name of it the first the first people on mars and the end of season 1 the only season that was made is them taking off so Wee. bring on for all mankind just more plot let's keep going I, i'm i'm loving it
1: yeah, I agree. I like it. I'm enjoying the the pacing. is It's very different from a lot of their shows. The episodes are in some ways more self contained, basically. Yeah, uh, which I like. I think it. it uh, even though it's telling an overall story, they are very careful to structure the episodes as these self contained stories within themselves, and yeah. I think that's very smart and very hard to do.
0: All right, well, that ends this installment of the uh, NASA vending machine. I guess we need to reload the vending machine for next week, something like that. Anyway, um, we will be back next time with episode six. Uh, It's going fast. I love it. Um, But until then, everybody, um, you know, check for cosmonauts. (laughs) Don't (laughs) let them Mm -hmm. run down your ramp, run out your door when you're not ready for them. And uh, we will see you in a week. Bye, Dan. Bye, Jason. Dosvidanya.